1: Hello, this is the Red Box Podcast. I'm Matt Chorley, bringing the best of my Times Radio show. You can listen live Monday to Friday, 10 till 1 on your DAB radio, your smart speaker, or download the Times Radio app. It's Wednesday, so coming up, PMQ's unpacked. Sometimes it's been a little bit dull recently, Kirsten and Rishi Sunak aren't injecting enough drama, so we thought we'd correct that. Tim Shipman, as ever, is here to provide the political analysis. But just to try and liven things up, we've got Peter Dixon, the voice of the X Factor. Uh, He is going to, uh, yeah, liven things up during PMQ, so that's coming up in just a moment but first get ready to get very cross as someone says they don't like Elton John it's time for The Columnists The Columnists with Alibert Alice Thompson and Robert Crampton on Times Radio Yes it's that time when we take a look at the day's news and it's a Wednesday we've got Alibert so Robert Crampton's here in the studio Morning Nice to see you Hello and Alice is doing some live reporting for us. We can go live to the scene. Alice, where are you?
2: And I am at a degree ceremony. Well, a non ceremony because they haven't got their degrees, but we're trying to have a degree <laughs> so, ceremony here.
1: And so, uh, where, 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 where can you tell us which university, or, or can you not tell I us for fear am of reprisals? At,
2: well, exactly. I oh, know I'm at Cambridge, which I wasn't at, but um, my daughter is at, and she is queuing up. And some of them have got their degrees, but a lot of them haven't. They don't know if they're going to get them before October, actually. Now, so. Um, they're having to ask their employers and the next set whether or not they can go without having a degree at all.
1: And so why, so what, is it depend is it, is it on what subject you've got? It, if you chose a, a subject with a particularly militant lecturer,
3: you're <laughs> yes, not weirdly, I
2: think theology have got there. So it's kind of weird the subjects that have. I don't think English or history have got them. And yeah. I, think, um, I think engineering have got them. They seem to be some that are more efficient than others, you're right. But um, on the whole, most of them don't seem to have them.
1: It was interesting actually because somebody somebody got in touch with uh, somebody who didn't want to be named for fear of appraisals, uh Got in touch with me at the weekend saying uh, it really varied at the university they were at, and some students have been affected and others haven't. Uh, computer science and engineers tend to be less militant, I mm. thought. Uh, and obviously, some some universities. Are not... It's still an outrage, is well, I know we've talked about it before, but it does seem yeah. genuinely. And there was a there's another story as well around today that uh, where's the which university is it is offering vouchers um to people in to make up for the fact they haven't
4: uh got um a degree vouchers for what or well, like boots or something yeah oh really <laughs> oh, right.
2: coffee yeah
4: so what's actually happening there alice what's uh what, so what, what, what they're gonna what, do what, is you...
2: i mean yeah because you've seen it i mean i, I haven't gone through one because my <laughs> eldest son went through a ceremony in the middle of lockdown so yeah so I, yeah
4: my daughter this one. a couple of years ago yeah
2: Yeah, so this time they've had to um, rent the gowns, and so they're they're paying for all that. Yeah. But then I think they go, and I think they may just shake hands. Right. Um, I don't want to be sure you get a piece of paper or anything saying that you've attended. Um, But it's um, a kind of day of of non-celebration, which is weird, because I think they are going to celebrate. I mean, I hope they are going to celebrate. But I'm also hoping that some of them will end up suing the universities, because I think the only way these universities – are going to take any notice mm. of this, is if the students get together and say, enough.
4: Well, the, the, so, some UCL students are doing that, aren't they? Was in, was yeah, in,
2: they're doing it over lockdown, aren't they? Yeah, but these, in, this court, generation yeah. don't, haven't done anything yet. But I do think it's weird because a lot of them can't then go on and do MAs. Or, um, I know the, the ones in America have been told they can start their American degrees, the postgrad right. degrees. But if they then don't get the first that they're expected to get, then they have to leave. So you, <laughs> you have that kind of embarrassment of... Spending a month at a university and then being told to go because so you're well, not good
4: enough. What were you saying about fear of reprisals? Was that a joke or is that true? No, well, 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 it was a joke, right? Because it's not I, like, think, I mean, what sort of reprisals? Well, I know, but, it's, but but I
1: think um, some people because we've talked about it a lot. Some yeah. people have got in touch and said either I'm waiting on my degree or my child is you know is not getting a degree. But they're, and they're genuinely concerned. And when we said be when we said, do you want to come on yeah. and talk about? It? They said, oh no, because I don't want to like rot the boat because we're trying to... to be nice to them. Yeah. So there is this like real fear, it seems, of we don't want to be seen to be criticising the university because that might further hold up getting their degrees.
2: Well, also, it's if you ever want to have any kind of, you know, if you go and do a job and you need to have a reference, you may have to go back to one of the tutors. But I think that's the problem in all these universities is, you know, they don't want to. And also, I think a lot of the students really feel sympathetic towards the lecturers because they've seen how little they're paid and how much they're doing. And so I think it's much more complicated than just, you know, they should get on with it. I think the lecturers are having a really tough time. And also universities and also the, the children all have a different reason uh, for wanting this to be resolved. I so,
1: hang on. so I found the story. I found the story. So this is a he's a, he's a journalism gra- graduate at Trent Uni, uh, William Hollowell reporting University of Manchester. Uh, they are planning to compensate students affected with 500 pound vouchers and a letter explaining to future employees infle- future employers why they haven't received degrees. Uh, the university has acknowledged that the students are at risk of not graduating due to the market and assessment boycott. So they're going to get a 500... I don't know it was a voucher for... It's also quite expensive. Yeah, it's quite it's a quite, lot. Yeah, uh, Maybe they should just maybe give that 500 pounds to the thinking, markers.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, what are they... What, uh,
1: and, um,
4: and a letter. So it's almost like a degree. It's a yeah. letter
1: to say... It's a piece of paper to say your piece of paper might be coming later.
4: Yeah. I guess that... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably enough, isn't it? I mean, most of us are never... Have you ever had to... Pr- pr- Produce your degree, Alice, to get a job or anything? Yeah, I
2: don't think I've ever had it, actually. Because no. I never went to the ceremony. So I was at Bristol and mm. none of us ever went to the degree ceremony then. I mean, it wasn't like a thing. I don't think I can remember. My parents never even came to the university. So it wasn't like a big deal having parents around or, you know, getting a hood or any of that stuff. I'm not sure where I'd go to find out, actually.
1: Well, I told the Times I'd got a first from Oxford and they've never checked. Really? <laughs> and
4: you didn't, go, you didn't go to university, no, did you? No, Which no, is, no I didn't, know makes you uh, almost, no. yeah. more or less... Unique, yeah, I, I think. I was brought in on some like diversity scheme. Marvellous. Yeah.
1: Just, but the, the, only condi- the only condition is I have to do just odd jobs. Yeah. Bit of plumbing, bit of painting and decorating. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah but that's why they shouldn't be all paying, you know, 9,000 quid a year because you don't need to go to university. They now realise that.
1: I mean. Yeah.
2: I mean, actually, we all want to be like you, don't We, we should just save the money and go straight into a job.
1: See, Lynn's just been touched, so you need to understand the anxiety of these students who have worked so hard for their degrees. My grandson had done a physics degree, only heard on Friday that one lecturer will not mark their work. His job depends on getting his degree. What does mm. he do? Have a voucher. Yeah. Yeah, that'll sort it right out. Um, good. Well, we'll keep mm. banging on about that. Have mm. a lovely day watching your... Um,
3: daughter, up, Daughter, daughter. Lily. daughter. Lily. <laughs> daughter Lily, yeah.
1: queue up. And uh, just walk up on stage
4: and off again... Yeah. I
1: mean, no, they should get. They should do something when they're up on stage. Do a little nativity or something. Yes, yeah. song, Do a little
4: song. No, there is a star. Yeah, yeah. Of that. A bit of tap dance or something. Yeah, yeah. Just a couple. Yeah, she of could them. have
2: been a sheep. That's what she was in the nativity. She could have yeah. done that again. She's quite a good sheep.
1: You still got the costume. You know, you could have saved on buying a gown and a mortable. <laughs> Um, right, let's move on uh, to talk about good chaps. Mm. Uh, there's this story about Boris Johnson's had a slap on the wrist because he took up his job at the Daily Mail yeah. without asking. Ackabar, the watchdogs, police these things. Eric Pickles, Lord Pickles, if you don't mind, yeah. says he <laughs> thinks it's just sign that the days of good chaps obeying the rules are over.
4: Mm-hmm. Did those days ever really exist, Robert? I think possibly, maybe they did, and if they did, they shouldn't have done. Which is kind of why we're having we've got these rules now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, they did. They probably did exist, but it it, it didn't. It, it meant that there weren't any rules at all, really. Uh, I mean, I think isn't that why Parliament starts sitting quite late? Because it, it, historically, people were all in the city for doing in, other in the, jobs in the morning, and then they came in. And it was, yeah, it was good. I suppose it was good chaps if, if you were a certain, and we all know what was meant by that. It was meant that sort of uh, middle-aged white men who went to public school and and do each other favors. Yeah, and if those days are over, then that's a good thing. Yeah, uh, I don't. But also, the, the
1: good chap theory was what led to expenses and well, quite and you know the the, the all turning a blind eye to yeah. assault, sexual assault and yeah and exactly harassment and inappropriate
4: behaviour. Yes, So yeah. and yeah. yeah, forms of uh, unpleasantness and 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 corruption corruption which was just more acceptable. So uh, I hope they're over, and but then and that. The, you know, these the, the, that's what these rules are, are there for. The problem is, this is an absolute classic where
1: the reason that this watchdog, ACABA, the uh, Advisory Committee on Business Appointments, is so toothless is because every single politician who might give it some teeth yeah. will at some point have to deal with it. And might yeah. quite like their yeah. lucrative new job to be waged yeah. to. So, so P- Eric Pickles said, uh, So Boris Johnson told Ackerba 30 minutes before his appointment as a columnist was <laughs> yeah. announced. I mean, that's just having a laugh, isn't Eric it? That's, just... said that's
2: what he always does. Mr yeah.
1: Johnson's case is a further illustration of how out-of-date the government's business rules are. They were designed to offer guidance when good chaps could be relied on to observe the letter and the spirit of the rules. Yeah. If it ever existed, that time has long passed.
2: So my problem is that actually I do quite like the good chaps to a certain extent. is that I don't like the sense of absolutely no shame. So, <laughs> but, you know, people just really don't care. It's how far mm-hmm. can you push it? And if everyone went, how far can I push it? And how yeah. self-obsessed can I be? And how, you know, egocentric, then I think nothing works really, that you have to have some sense of collective cohesion. And, and Robert's right. I mean, it all broke down with expenses when you know they, then you realise they weren't taking it seriously and they all thought they should be out for what they could get. But there is, you know, you do want to have some sort of, sense of shame back again so that if you do something that really is unacceptable you feel some kind of embarrassment and boris johnson feels none at all so he just pushes it as far well as he can and then everyone does don't they because you think well god if he's doing it i'm going to do it
4: yeah, so i suppose it's t- taking somebody who's a shame-free zone like boris johnson to test the whole thing to destruction yeah because uh, i guess some people feel a, a modicum of guilt yeah, even yeah. as they're doing it and and, and he doesn't uh what, what I mean, what's wrong with having some sort of outside scrutiny on this? Yeah, anyway, exactly. I mean, why is why is Eric Pickles? I mean, your point you is, get, that,
1: you, you know, I mean, lots of other jobs, you sign contracts which are
4: binding when you, you know, when yes. you leave, you know, that you can't go, you know, particularly yeah. if you work in commercial worlds, you yeah. can't
1: go to particular rivals or you know, and all that. So, well, yeah,
4: and fundamentally, you're not supposed you should, well, if you're paid to do one job, you shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing another one. job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's, but, but in that, this
1: case, these, these these rules also govern if you, as in Boris Johnson's case, yeah. you have left Parliament. Yeah, you're still not supposed to go off and and I mean I suppose at least he's writing for the mail and he's not selling arms secrets or something. Right? Yeah, <laughs> or keeping you know a load of secrets in his bathroom. Anyway, uh, from, yeah. from 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 one good chap to this good chap.
4: <laughs> now everybody loves Elton John, so said Hugh Edwards on um, the BBC News on Sunday. And you got very cross with this? I just object to being told what I think. Uh, I think why a, don't you love Elton John? I don't not love Elton John, but it's like saying... I, well, Answer I the I, question. I, why, don't, why, why don't you love... Everybody loves Elton John. They don't, do they? They just don't. They sh- well, they should. Uh, well, that's your opinion. Uh, no,
1: it's a fact.
4: The fact is that Elton John is a very popular recording artist and lots of people like him and some people don't like him and some people like me are fairly indifferent to him beyond about half How a dozen can you be songs. you to Elton John? Because he's done a few I think he did a few good songs quite A few good songs quite a long time ago quite he was a on long time ago. two and a half ago, hours quite a long on, time ago. Uh, Sunday and that everyone was a banger. Were they? I'd write fine. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I uh <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so. i have been castigated so much for this. That so you were other, angered. You were watching the ten. I was news. annoyed by the fact that there's a whole long. There's a list of subjects which uh, the BBC and the and us in in the print media as well have sort of determined. Uh, everybody thinks are wonderful, the whole of the time. Yeah, they include apparently now Elton John. They also include the royal family, which uh, and normal journalistic standards go completely out of the window when these matters are being. Uh, yeah reported on so-called reported on yeah Celebr banksy is another one i forgot <laughs> to include him in my list we all love banksy we all love going to the seaside we all love hot weather yeah. we all love but Christmas. not
2: megan and harry i think i think yeah. you've got to say there are some
4: yeah. exceptions well,
2: they,
1: the, the other way. thing the the yes, yes. everybody loves weather hot weather is all yeah all... and the
4: fact is for for a lot of people anything beyond sort of warm is actually really uncomfortable yeah, yeah. uh Going to the seaside. Picnics is another one. I cannot stand eating outdoors in sunlight. Uh, It's just really You would eat outdoors at night? No, I'd eat outdoors in the shade. Oh, okay, fine. But the idea (laughs) of setting up on a beach with a load of sand in your feet. I basically
1: do agree with you on that. Or
4: sitting in a field with a load of flies. No. Many many
1: years ago, we hadn't been courting for long. My wife and I, my now wife and I, we're at the seaside. And my mother in law turned up. she mm. got a whole load of stuff, including a tub of I can't believe it's not butter. And Ooh. was discovered, uh, was astonished to discover it all melted. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was boiling. Uh, Alice, you surely love Elton John.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, my thing about Elton John is not just the music, I think he is an amazing gay iconic. Yeah, correct. Uh, God, well, so, not now a homoph-
4: for, so now I'm a homophobe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you are exactly wrong. No. So Robert, now you know, which I think yeah, Philistine. Like
4: I said, in my, I said that I admired Elton John as a campaigner. Why I, don't
2: I, you want to raise
1: money for AIDS, Robert? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why are you for AIDS? Alice.
4: Go on. Alice.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's my problem. Everything he's done. So he's picked up Russia. He's picked up Uganda. He's picked up all these yeah. different countries around the world. That are really appalling on him. He hasn't I, picked up Robert yet, but he can't. As could I pick said, I admire years. him as a
4: campaigner, although I think what you said <laughs> about Philip Schofield was wrong. His most recent foray into.
2: Uh, yeah, I right. don't think that was homophobia with no. Philip Schofield because actually it would have happened with a man, with, yes. a, with a younger woman, I think. Mm-hmm. I think we just find that those age gaps very distasteful. Mike's I
1: mean. been in touch. Why do you hate Elton John <laughs> <laughs> and therefore Britain so much?
4: <laughs> Robert. Oh, I love Britain. And I don't hate Elton John. I'm indifferent to Elton John. That's my point. I'm indifferent to Glastonbury. I don't... I'd obviously, not going to rail against a music festival and people having a nice time. That's entirely up to them. But it's not my scene. I don't like... I wouldn't... I mean, the article was headlined, I would... £350 for a ticket. Yeah. And I was saying, if somebody said to me, you've got to go to Glastonbury or give me £350, I would pay £350 yeah. not to go. And... By the way, I haven't just had... I've been, I've been slated, yes, by Elton John fans, but I've also had lots of people writing to me saying, that, you know, well done, because I feel the same way about Glastonbury. It's become ubiquitous. It's become, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's become I like... Do, I think. I, think the, oh, I, I agree with you on the point about right. BBC News assume, in particular. I don't assume. like the assumption. I don't like the groupthink. Yeah. You know, I don't like uh, the, 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 the sense that we all... I, yeah. I mean, I, I've said this before, particularly <laughs> about the royal family. Yeah? That we all have to put on stupid expressions yeah. uh, when we talk about the royal family, just that they, that they go on to open a fate or something. <laughs> and 25% of us don't think there should be a royal yes. family. And amongst younger people, it's much higher, yeah. incidentally. So, yeah. Elton. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you're still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, now,
1: Robert, just because this our whole item is basically let's talk about Robert. You went for a sleepover
4: with a hermit in the Scottish Highlands. I did. Why? Uh, because the uh, the hermit has got a book out, uh, which might you might say detracts from his hermit credentials. As does the fact that he's uh, invited me for a sleepover. Uh, <laughs> but as he as he explains in the and, and he's got a guest cabin. which is, <laughs> You think is a contradiction in terms for a hermit. Yeah. He's not really a hermit. He's just a bloke who likes soli- solitude and living by himself. He actually has you know, fra- fairly frequent visitors. He needs them because he's uh, he's getting on a bit, and he yeah. needs people to come around and see that he's okay and deliver him food and chop up some firewood for him. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I was writing about. And, uh, yeah, I spent an over, overnight there up near Fort William. He's
1: got no electricity, no gas, no water, no f- no phone reception. Yeah. Uh, so what we thought we'd do is speak to someone who can give us some survival gu- uh, skills. John Bowe is founder and owner of Wildway Bushcraft. Morning, John. Morning, how are you doing? Oh, very well, very well. Uh, Alice, are you, are you, do you think you can survive in the wild?
2: Um, I have actually been to Ranitmore, I have to say, but I haven't mm. slept out the night there. It is fairly bleak. I'm not sure I could um, spend that much time there, but I could fish. I'm quite I, That's what I'd be doing, because yeah. there's lots of lakes up there. They're locks.
4: Yeah, so, he lives
1: by so go then, the lock. Go on then, John. If, if the three of us, me, uh, Robert and Alice, were, were dumped in the countryside, give us, I don't know, two or three tips on how we survive. <laughs>
5: um, oh, man. Well, teamwork is going to be one of them, but oh. this guy did it all over. Oh, no.
1: no, that's already, that's already <laughs> no. bad. We're going to spend the whole time arguing about Elton John and just, then realise we've, we've starved
5: to death. Death. Yeah, We just yeah. eat Charlie don't do you we, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll keep you going. Leg by leg. Right, go on, John. <laughs> um, so uh, so shelter is going to be your main priority um, to, to get somewhere out of the elements to start with. Um, after that, you're going to be thinking about water um, and then food last. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty epic story, that, what, what Robert's done.
1: I have to say I don't think I've ever thought about food last. That's my first thought, morning, noon <laughs> can and night. You survive a long time without food, you can't survive more than a few days without water. And when you talk about shelter John, what's the bet if you did find yourself in the wild accidentally, how is it is it literally sort of branches and leaves or is there a clever way of building some shelter?
5: Uh, I mean yeah, there's you can build your build a shelter out of the out of the elements essentially out of sticks and leaves like you say, but um uh, you you basically last three hours without adequate protection from the elements um roughly before hypothermia sets in so um that could be uh, underneath a fallen root base or um in a little dip in a well in the ground um you just need to get out of the weather essentially
1: how do you how can you find water
5: how can you find water yeah um well you need to look at the topography of the ground um where animal tracks are running oh that's good um, different plant species and tree species prefer Damp ground, so... Um, they do you ever do that
1: thing with two sticks in your hand and if they cross over, there's water?
5: Down. No, never. <laughs> ever, ever, ever.
4: <laughs> there's and no about... shortage of water on Rannock Moor. And if you, used... you had to kill yeah. something, what's
1: the biggest thing you've killed, John?
5: Uh, what's the biggest thing i killed? Well, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, rabbit. I guess. I mean, we live in the UK. There's not
4: many wild yeah, beasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're to down a line. I mean, lots of stags, aren't there? There's lots of, yeah, there's like, well, not as many as yeah. there used to be. Can you get though, a stag know. with
1: your bare hands?
4: No. Text us, 87222. <laughs> 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 well, thank you for that, John. I
2: feel
1: like we're fully prepared now. Uh, John Bo, founder and owner of Huawei Bushcraft. Thanks so much for joining us. Robert, I was going to say, no, to see, it's not really. You carrying on that Elton John. <laughs> no, sorry. i are going to have you replaced.
4: We've we fallen out.
1: Yeah. Uh, Alice, best of luck with your non-degree degree ceremony. Thanks. Reach you next week. Uh, lovely stuff. Robert Crampton and Alice Thompson. Then, of course, you can read them both in The Times every week. Just get yourself a subscription. Go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash Times Box. Up next, it's PMQs Unpacked.
3: You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
0: This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at LutonRising.org.uk
1: You're listening to the Red Box Podcast now. It's time for this.
7: PMQs unpacked on Times Radio. Unpacking the politics and cutting through the crossfire. Order! Order! I call Matt Chorley. And Tim Shipman!
1: Sometimes people say PMQs has got a bit boring. Not when we've got Peter Dixon. Uh, (laughs) Peter, how are you?
7: I'm very well, thank you, Matt. My goodness me, that's blown off the cobwebs this morning.
1: Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Tim Shippen's here as well. How are you, Tim? I'm, I've never had walk-on music before. It's lovely, great, isn't it? Uh, but Tim, <laughs> as ever, the, the production values on our show are so high. we were so concerned about Peter. Nobody told you that Peter was going to be here. No, it was very exciting.
7: So yeah. what song are you going to sing for us first, Tim? <laughs> <laughs>
8: What's going to get you through to boot camp, Tim? Well, Jane Weedlin's Rush Hour is my uh, karaoke staple. Is it? Yes, Tim. I'll get get that lined up. But you're not not getting any of that We'll get that lined up. We'll get that lined up. Uh, Have you ever done
1: announcing it uh, politically, Peter? No, this is 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 the first time for me, so I'm very
7: excited. Thank you for asking me on.
1: When did you discover that you could do the thing that you do?
7: Uh, when somebody paid me to do it, I think really I've always wanted to do work in radio. I did work in radio years ago. I worked in w- with the BBC for many years, and uh, that was my always my ambition, and I never thought I would do anything else. And then um, after about 10 years of doing that, I thought I could branch out. I became a voice, act- voice actor, a, voice, a voiceover artist, as they're known. And uh, I've done everything from, you know, computer games, video games, to animation, to... Um, commercials, everything you name it, I've done it all. Even an audiobook. I wrote a book and I narrated that myself. That was a, a nightmare, but, you know, I got through it. But um, I think, you yeah, know, it's, 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 it's the best job in the world. Nobody knows what I look like, so uh, I've got the perfect yes, we don't know. You're not, you're not
1: even on Zoom. Even we, it's a top secret. We don't know what you look like, Peter. But do you exactly. go into a
8: supermarket, Peter, and speak, and then they look at you a bit funny. <laughs> some people do recognize my voice okay occasionally
1: it happens but
7: very rarely Only and getting uh, really cross. where are the potatoes <laughs> <Aisle
8: number nine>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's the most ridiculous apart from this uh, that you're doing for us today peter what's the most ridiculous thing that they've got that anyone's got you to say in your x-factor voice
7: uh i once <laughs> I once i once advertised uh, a church on radio uh in that voice and uh and the, the sort of USP selling point for this church was uh, nothing to do with, you know, the service or anything. It was, yes, and
1: there's free parking.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Which was, uh, yeah,
7: it was pretty free weird. Parking. But, uh, yeah, You're free parking.
1: you literally from the voice of God. Uh, well, very good. So we are we are uh, live on Times Radio. We're live on the Times Radio YouTube channel. Uh, morning, if you are on the... Let's, let's see who's on there. Uh, Rogers in Overcast, Grave, Gravesend, Ross is in Guildford. Uh, Richards in Plymouth, it's all very overcast. So you've got at least
7: five listeners. Yeah,
1: there's loads, there's loads. High from Taunton, says Stephen, Wiltshire. Uh, Six. Lots of people argue. yeah, keep tally on this. They're all arguing about the merits of Elton John now in the YouTube channel for reasons that we don't need to get bogged down in now. Right, are we ready? Right, stand by your beds, everybody. Peter, are you ready?
7: Uh, As ready as I'll ever ever be, yes, I guess.
1: Peter, introduce for us question number one.
7: Question
6: number one from Keir Starmer. Mr Speaker, can I join your tribute to John and wish him all the best on behalf of the House and join the Prime Minister in his comments about the Holocaust Memorial. I'd also like to wish Muslims across the country a happy Eid. And Mr Speaker, last week the Labour Party lost Margaret Madonna, our first female General Secretary, and a trailblazer in every sense of the word. Margaret provided guidance, leadership and loyal friendship to so many in the Labour movement. And it wasn't long after I started in this job that Margaret was at my door. And I will be forever grateful for the advice and support that she gave me. We will all miss her terribly. Mr Speaker, his party spent thousands of pounds on adverts attacking plans to build 300,000 new homes a year. At the same time, his Housing Minister... Says it's Tory Party policy to build 300,000 new homes a year. So is he for building 300,000 new homes a year, or against it? Prime Minister.
1: Okay, let's just jump in now, just in case the uh, the answer ends up being a bit boring. We try to liven things up. Peter, would you like to introduce the Prime Minister?
9: Rishi Sunak. Well, Mr. Speaker, I can just remind the honourable gentlemen of our record uh, since being in office: <laughs> 2.2. million additional homes, Mr. Speaker. Housing starts double the number we inherited from the Labour Party. More homes meeting the decent home standards. Housing supply up 10% in the last year that we have figures for. And in the last year we had figures for, we also saw a 20 year high in the number of first time buyers, Mr. Speaker. That's a Conservative government delivering for this country.
1: Well, let's jump in there. Um, quite a lot to unpack there, uh, Tim. Uh, quite a long tribute to Margaret Madonna, who was the, the first female uh, General Secretary of the Labour Party, uh, ran the Labour Party in 1997 and 2001. In fact, um, I did an interview with her a few years ago, which is going to play out on the show tomorrow, so you'll be able to hear that. Uh, in terms of the, uh, getting into the detail of it, uh, interesting we didn't really get into what my
8: Keir Stummer ask about. I put, don't think either of us would just necessarily... I was just going to say, cost of living, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, not housing. No, I mean, he did this two, three weeks ago yeah. um, and did quite a lot on it. Um, and it's obviously an issue that um, it kind of unites the generations a bit. It used to be one where, you know, uh, older people who had houses were kind of fine. Um, but they're now seeing their grandchildren unable to get on the housing ladder. Parents are dealing, you know, with mortgages soaring. Um, They might be caring for the elderly. They've probably still got their kids living at home because they can't afford to... So it's become an issue, I think, that has more kind of traction than it used to politically. And obviously... Um, it's a way into the, the cost of living, inflation, interest rates and all of that which has been going on over the last week. So um, it's, it's pretty good terrain for Labour. Um, and I thought it was interesting there with Sunak's response where he said, you know, let, let's look at our record. And Rishi Sunak is a guy who's obsessed with the idea of if you do things, people will give you credit for them. Mm. And he's sort of saying, well, you know, we've had more housing starts, we've built all these homes. Well, you're not getting credit for it politically because it's not deemed to be enough. Yeah. Um, And there was a sort of laughter when he said, let's look at our record. And I think that's not just about housing. That's now about the sort of more general situation that this is a government in a great deal of difficulty that is going to have a job turning up at the next election and asking people to to support them because of their record. And that is undermining Rishi Sunak's entire approach to this job, I think. Peter, what did you make of it? The, uh, uh, the, The oratory of
1: the two of them
7: i just got one thing to say, and it's this.
1: 300,000
7: new homes. <laughs> 300,000 unaffordable mortgages.
8: <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, good. Um, uh, I mean, I've if only Peter had introduced Zippy as well, we could have had the uh, full set. could have set. had the full set, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's a very serious political programme, this. Uh, uh, good. Um, uh, well, that was the uh, the first exchange then. I suspect Keir Summer might have more to say about housing, but uh, I shan't in- introduce him. Over to you, Peter. Keir
6: Starmer. Mr Speaker, it wasn't a difficult question. Um, (laughs) So, can he point to a single person in housing, in construction, anywhere, who thinks he'll actually hit his target of 300,000 new homes a year? Anyone? anyone. Prime Minister.
1: uh, Oh, yes, Uh, we're going to jump in there, just to try and uh, keep it light. So, that was Keir Starmer. (laughs) Pay attention, (laughs) everyone. Uh, Peter, who's up?
9: Rishi Sunak. The record is that in the last three years, we've delivered almost record numbers of new home building in every one of those years. But a bit, Mr Speaker, it talks about targets, so let's be clear. I promised to put local people in control of new housing. I delivered on that policy within weeks of becoming Prime Minister. But I am confused from the Honourable Gentleman because, first, the Shadow Community and Housing Secretary <laughs> said communities should have control. But then he then said we should get the targets back and disempower local people. I do want to give him some advice. I don't think it's local people that are the problem. It's a Labour Party policy.
8: Oh, it's the Labour Party's fault. Well, I mean, it's interesting this, because uh, Sunak's precise point is probably correct, that Labour are trying to have it both ways. Um, the real truth here, though, is that um, it is local people who are the problem, because they're the ones who stop the houses being built yeah. if you give them the power to do so. And I think anyone who follows housing policy knows that the second the Tory Party removed the uh, the sort of national housing target and said, you know, any old NIMBY can stop anything happening uh, within a stone's throw of them, um, that... You Know now, there may be good reasons for that. It's democratic. Um, people don't like having rightly don't like having their um uh, local communities despoiled by a new building. But if you want to build homes, this is not the way to do it, and I yeah. don't think there's anybody who thinks it is. Um, so they're both it, being slightly disingenuous, frankly, and it, but they're both, it both, they're, be, they're both but they're both sort of trying to face
1: both ways at once. Rishi yeah. Sinak like saying, Yes, we're going to hit my con my target, but. Well, the first
8: things I did was put local people in control
1: of new housing, and, and those tr-
8: two things don't work. No, they don't work. And um, the real truth here is that um, uh, the Tory problem is 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 not so much vis-a-vis Labour but vis-a-vis the Lib Dems who've made a huge Mm. song and dance out of any kind of new building ironically, I mean they were once in favour of it but uh, they've won by-elections they're causing huge amounts of difficulty to Tories in the south and the reason all those Tory MPs voted to remove the national housing target was because a lot of them live in the south and know that they'll be fighting a Lib Dem at the next general election who is going to make a huge issue of this and that's why it went and that's why Sunak's trying to look uh, in both directions um, Peter, have you ever watched? Do you normally sit and watch PMQs and introduce them just sitting at home? <laughs> do be
7: brief. No, I've got better things to do. Uh, I don't. know. I, I do occasionally catch it on playback, but very rarely. Uh, mainly on the news when they when they when they show something if they've said something interesting, but it's, which is fairly rarely. But few, uh, few and far uh, it's, between. It's, that. It's, yeah, I mean, it is. It's uh, it's uh, it's a
1: few and far between thing for me. Very, I think you make quite a good common speaker. I could see I we should start that campaign. No, <laughs> what, 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 to what uh, question number three now, Peter? Take it away.
6: Keir Starmer! Yeah. Mr Speaker, presumably if he could have identified a single person who thought he'd hit his target, he would have told us. And there you have the problem. One minute he says he's for building new houses, the next he's campaigning against them. And the truth is, far from delivering, since he crumbled to his back benches and scrapped mandatory targets, house building has collapsed. He knows it, they know it, and every expert is telling them it. Why didn't he just admit it? He's not going to get anywhere near his target, is he? Yeah. Much the same
1: question there. I wonder who's going to answer, Peter?
9: Rishi Sunak! Prime Minister. Mr, Mr. Speaker, the, the honourable gentleman now claims that he supports house building, especially on the, on the green belt. But unfortunately for him, it's good that he, he agrees that he, he does believe that now, but unfortunately for him... The shadow deputy prime minister, the shadow minister for women, the shadow health, justice, defence, business, Northern Ireland and Scotland ministers are all united against more house building in their areas, Mr. Speaker. I, 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 have to, I have to say to them though, Mr. Speaker, I, I would say to them though, they don't have to worry too much because he's never actually kept a promise he's made. Mm. Oh. Oh.
1: Never <laughs> <laughs> Oh, handbags are out now. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. I can see we're going to clip all this up, Pete, and use all this again in the future. Um, uh,
8: uh, he's always never kept a promise before. I mean, you won't be dinging a bell in future. You'll just be pressing a button that says, handbags Oh, handbags are out now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was basically just the same exchange. But it was the same shaken, exchange. Tim? Um, yeah, I mean, Sunak trying to use the You Always Break Your Promises line to Starmer, which um, has a little bit of cut through in the, uh, in the focus groups. But... Um, it's a bit like sort of, you know, winging your opponent when you've two limbs down yourself, isn't it? It's sort of like um, the Black Knight. When was started blood.
1: started listing off
8: all the uh, the job titles of, of people who
1: oppose Local House? I didn't wonder if they might all be Angela Rayner.
8: Uh, that could have been the case. I think it certainly might have been for the first two for, or for three. For the first two or three, then yeah. they latched on to But it. The, the, the striking thing is um, I was desperately racking my brains to try and remember who on earth most of these people are. Yes,
1: but in fact, I think uh, a bit later on we're going to be talking about how nobody knows who the Shadow cabinet are, won't we? So whether or not that matters. Uh, give us an Angela Rayner, Peter. Angela Rayner! <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
8: I'll tell you what, this is a good it's one. A very satisfied sigh at the end of that.
1: Can we, we have a Thangam well. Debonair?
7: Thangam Debonair!
8: Very Ooh, good. good. That is good.
1: Yeah, if you're, good. If you're on the YouTube channel, Peter do requests uh, during <laughs> this half hour. <laughs> Uh, a, pound, a pound to go. Pound, pound to, to go. go. Pound to go. We'll put a pound in the pot. Uh, <laughs> right. Very good. We're up to what? Question number four now. Peter, take it away.
7: Keir Starmer, <laughs> Keir Starmer.
6: Mr. Speaker, Mr. You can tell from his answer, non-answer, his body language, he's actually given up. He's given up. And his failure isn't just shattering the dream of those who desperately want to own their own home. It's also hitting those who already have a mortgage. Right. Because of their economic chaos, mortgage holders will be £2,900 a year poorer. How can they ever look the British people in the eye again and claim to be the party of home ownership? Yeah. Yeah, party
1: of home ownership is the question. Who's answering, Peter?
9: Rishi Sunak! Minister. Mr. Mr Speaker, I don't, I don't think he's noticed that his shadow housing secretary doesn't actually agree with his new policy of concreting over the green belt, Mr Speaker. She's been campaigning against developments in her own constituency. Lisa Nandy, she said she wanted to prevent urban sprawl and provide green space for local people. I think that's quite sensible, but it's classic Labour, Mr Speaker, saying one thing here, doing another thing elsewhere. You simply can't trust a word they say. Yeah. <laughs>
7: Oh, Let's
8: Pete, just leave it there. Peter's, Peter's <laughs> one words. Uh, I thought we were going to. I thought very... we were going to go up from handbags to a, a, no. a, a more brutal weapon. But uh,
1: <laughs> so yeah. it's Lisa. Na- Lisa Nandy's been dragged into it now. She used the sh- Labour shadow House. Yeah, I mean, there's
8: been so there's a bit of decent Oppo research been done by the Tory central office boys um, uh, on this one. Um, but which bit of that cuts to? I think possibly what Starmer said right at the beginning, in the sort of sense that. Sunak now feels a bit powerless in the face of all this. Um, He's this given was up. A- It was really interesting He's when we did our up. focus
1: group this week. Uh, there was a real sense that the voters had given up. There were just no respect, no faith in him, time for change. And these were Tory, Labour, undecided
8: voters, not the people who'd actually switched. Well, look, he came in and said, look, I'm going to deliver for you. We're going to do all these things. Um, you've had a bit of a... It's been a pretty turbulent spell with Boris Johnson and Liz Truss, but trust me, I'll get my head down. We'll get... And to start with, you know, he achieved a few things. The Windsor deal was, a, was was you know, some clever politics and required a, a bit of um, a nerve and, uh, you know, sort of getting in the weeds. Um, but the stuff that, you know, they thought was going to be easy, halving inflation has turned out not to be, and it's having a heck of a lot of knock-on effects, all of which play into that sense that the Tories have been here a long time and... Uh, it's not going terribly well, and that Rishi Sunak's not sort of terribly in touch with all the people who are struggling to pay um, for their food and their mortgage and all the rest of it. Um, and the idea that he sort of what Labour needs, one of the things they need ahead of the next election is is the sense that they're going to win it, the sort of inevitability of it. Um, I was at a party last week with quite a lot of uh, Labour frontbenchers, and one of them said, you know. They're finished, they don't have a chance. And I said, Well, don't you know, you're not supposed to be being complacent, are you? And I said, Well, we're not complacent, but you know, we, it sounded very like complacency to me, but um, it also sounded like confidence. Yes, and and it- the more you project, we are the government in waiting, we are the people who are going to come in and sort out this mess it's a mess, there's nothing these people can do about it anymore. If, if that becomes embedded, then, yeah. then the next election is, is over before it's started. And actually, started. then we start having rounds about what Keir Starmer will and won't do in government,
1: and then that just creates that sense of inevitability. Um, uh, uh, Peter, can you do us a Lisa Nandy?
7: Lisa Nandy! <laughs> nice. Oh, I like that one. That's that a good
1: one. Uh, we've got some requests on the YouTube channel. Uh, can you do a Madeline Webb? Madeline Webb! <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And uh, John Michael White says John Michael White has a good cadence. John
8: Michael White. Very nice. Yeah, it's about an eight out of ten. That one. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. He's going to clip that as his ringtone now,
1: De- isn't he? Definitely. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. yeah. Ringtone, to- ring for nothing. Uh, right, we've got two more questions to go yet. So let's go back to good House of Commons. Who's up next, Peter?
6: It's Kier Starmer. <laughs> At least he isn't claiming they are the party of home ownership anymore because we are. Uh, Mr Speaker. He's given up. Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister Minister says he's 100% on it. But his definition of 100% on it is to gently ask the banks to do the right thing. His softly, softly approach refusing to put mandatory measures in place, yeah. risks leaving a million households without support. Yeah. How many will have to lose their homes before he'll stand up for the people his party have pushed into economic misery?
1: Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, another uh, big uh, challenge from Keir Starmer, of accusing them of pushing people uh, deliberately into misery. Who's going to respond to that, Peter?
9: Rishi Sunak! Mr Speaker, in fact, the vast majority of the mortgage market is now covered by the new mortgage charter that the Chancellor has brought in. That is delivering practical help to mortgage holders, allowing them to extend their terms, switch to interest-only mortgage, and actually saving them hundreds of pounds a month. So instead of scaring them, actually, there is now practical support in place. But it's right that he raised uh, home ownership, Mr Speaker. That's why we, on this side of the House, introduced a 95% mortgage guarantee scheme. It's why we introduced the first homes and shared ownership schemes to get people onto the housing ladder. And crucially, Mr Speaker, it's why we cut stamp duty. Yeah. So now what we've seen is the highest number of first-time buyers in 20 years, Mr yeah. Speaker. That is twice the number that the Labour Party ever managed.
3: Yeah. So, not...
1: so now he's saying that building houses is a good thing you well, you're sorry I should, I should have le- left a space Peter for your one word uh, response well,
7: uh there's statistics and then there's statistics and damned lies I don't <laughs> I don't know who to believe really you hear all they, they both seem to have you know reasonable arguments but um I'm not sure I, that's why I'm a floating voter guys I really don't know who to vote for I
1: mean it's, it's a good point that numbers get thrown around uh, they're both sort of telling the truth and not at the same uh at the same time. Interesting, case Starmer tried to lay claim to being the party of home ownership.
8: Yeah, which has traditionally been a Tory thing, um, but it's becoming more difficult for voters. And, you know, it, when you're the opposition and the other lot aren't doing brilliantly, you can claim to be all sorts of things. Um, uh, but I think, you know, what, what Sunak didn't push him on is what, what would Labour be doing here? Because I think most economists and people who understand this say that if you start actually bailing out people's mortgages which is what he's sort of implying Labour might do, would itself... What, while having actually ruled it out? Having actually ruled it out, yeah, yeah, yeah. but sort of trying to suggest that they might do a bit more. I mean, you know, why haven't... They, they've been calling in banks and supermarkets and they're calling mm. in a bunch of regulators this week. It's all very boring regulation, but that's probably one of the ways you could actually achieve something. Yeah. It's a very Rishi Sunak way to do it. Uh, might achieve something without actually winning you any votes. Um... But, but, but it's, yeah, it's I mean, also basically you, the government slightly shot Labour's
1: fox because Labour was saying this is what we would do. You know, we'd have more mortgage holidays and interest only payments. That's precisely what they're doing. It's what they're, so now they're having an argument about how the government said it's it's voluntary. Labour say it should be mandatory. The government says well, if we did that, we'd have to pass laws which would take time. And actually getting the banks and in and doing it voluntarily means it'll happen more quickly. Yes. I
8: mean, it's a sort of. Um, a party of disingenuous uh, <laughs> nonsense, but, you know. <laughs> it's PMQs, so uh, uh, I was was revelling in it.
1: I was just looking, actually, at the polling on which government would be better at helping people get onto the housing ladder, and uh, I didn't realise that Labour are down to 11... Uh, sorry, the Conservatives are down to 11%. Only 11% of people think a Conservative government led by Rishi Sunak would be the best at getting... I mean, it, it was on 12% under Liz Truss. Uh, thirty-two <laughs> percent uh, of people say, uh, the Labour Party, uh, just behind, neither of them, on uh, thirty-five percent. But that's amazing. I mean, if you went back to briefly in twenty twenty-one, the Tories were ahead of Labour. Uh, it's been sort of, it's always always been tanking, sort of, pretty much ever since then. But only eleven percent think the Conservatives, and and for them to position themselves as the party of home ownership, still, you know, the great no,
8: intellectually they are the party of home ownership. They believe in it, but. Um, if you are a punter, yeah. it practically doesn't feel you know. You know, let's not forget the Tories have been in you know power for thirteen years essentially, and if in that time you have not managed to get on the housing ladder, you are not going to be answering Tory to that question, are you? No, and I suppose and it was a, other members th- there's of your family, there is a
1: different thing between: are you the party of homeowners or the part who own their homes outright, yeah. which they currently still are, looking at the polls, or are you the party of people who would like to own their own home? And then that's a, that's a slightly different... Um, well, and there's a lot more of those. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, no, somebody... Danny said, could you get Peter to say Fox Lane Dental Care? No, Danny. No, we're not doing that. You can, you can hire... <laughs> go on Peter's website and he can, you can hire him uh, to call, do that for you. Call uh, my agent. Yes, exactly. Call Peter's agent. Very good. Uh, right. Uh, oh, this is the last question now. So a nice big one from you, Peter. Who's up?
6: Kia Starmer! Mr Speaker, it's it's sort of housing crisis, what crisis with this Prime Minister? He must be the only person in the country who thinks that enough houses have been built in the last 13 years. And whether it's those dreaming of getting the keys to their first home or those already with mortgages, the ambitions of families across the country have been crushed by his failing Tory government. House building at his lowest rate since the war because he can't stand up to his own party. A Tory mortgage bombshell. Because they crashed the economy. Millions left without support because he won't make lenders put families first. Rather than lecturing the rest of the country and holding their nerve, why doesn't he try and locate his? Bombshell!
1: (laughs) Very good. We got them in the end. Uh, I knew we'd get them. We'd 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 get get one of them. We got a bombshell in the end. Uh, So, that was the bombshell from Keir Starmer. (laughs) Who's going to respond to that, Peter?
9: Rishi Sunak! Well, Mr. Mr. Speaker, as always, he hasn't actually taken the time to understand the detail of what we're doing. So again, I, I, I'm, I'm, happy to, I'm, happy, I'm happy to explain it again Mr Speaker, because it's right that we provide support for mortgage owners, which is why we improve the generosity of the support for mortgage interest scheme. It's why we've introduced a new mortgage charter, which by the way, goes much more farther than the Labour Party policy on protecting mortgage holders does. On house building, we're proud to protect the Greenbelt and invest millions <laughs> more in developing brownfield sites. But, Mr Speaker, the simple truth is That's what I said I would do, and that's what we've delivered, and that is the difference between us. I deliver what I promise, he just breaks his. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) What a ruddy
7: word salad.
8: I, th- I, think, I think Peter's chosen a side. Finally. Yes. I think you've, you've, He's you've... floated off the fence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Clambered down off the fence to make it a two. I think, I, think my, I, I might have that on a hotkey for future interviews. If someone waffles on too long, What a Bloody Word Salad will be a really useful. Uh, uh, really... And then
8: bombshell for when something good happens. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh
7: we've had fun we've had fun and um have we peter i I enjoyed that i I, 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 thank
8: you for asking me to do it it was great fun no it's been a lot of fun um tim um, your sort of final summation of all of that well i I mean putting (laughs) us putting aside the prime minister saying much more farther and the leader of the opposition talking about the faily tory government um which was quite a highlight for me i think that was an absolute classic of of where we are in politics wasn't it um Keir Starmer has a lot of sticks with which he can beat the Prime Minister. Mortgage bombshells. um, Working quite cleverly, you know, around this whole slightly daft thing the Prime Minister said about holding your nerve and saying, discover yours, which goes back to the, are you weak and pathetic? Uh, Which was a, a theme he was running on... Uh, on Sunak right back at the start of the year. Um, So we're back to that. And the Prime Minister's response is, oh, you don't understand the detail. Let me explain the detail to you. And this is who he is as a politician. And when it's going well, he looks like a kind of reliable chap with a safe pair of hands who you'd happily leave your children with and who who you could put your finances in the hands of and know that you would get a small but significant growth in in income. Um, But when it's not working... He sounds like someone who doesn't quite get it does isn't a big enough kind of figure to sort of burst through the detail and Come up with some phrases and reassure in empathetic terms. You know, when you're saying, hold your nerve rather than don't worry, if we stick to this, go back to what the Tories, you know, did when they were in the coalition. George Osborne wasn't particularly empathetic, but he said, if we do this, we can get all this other stuff at the end of it. Well done, we've survived. Now some rewards. Um, and with Sunak, it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, it yeah. just all feels a bit like, if you come and look at my spreadsheet, I'll explain to you why you're wrong about feeling <laughs> like you've got no money. Um, and, you know, a lot of <laughs> Tories admire him as a man and as a person but they don't particularly admire him as a politician and I think that last couple of questions you know mm. unless he can burst through spreadsheet man to try and kind of offer some hope uh in an empathetic fashion um again I think this is one of those sessions we'll look back on and think you know um this is why they lost the election yeah I mean, just on that um, on the the final point as well about him talking about delivery.
1: I deliver, you you turn on your promises. He's six months into his five pledges, none of which he looks like he's anywhere getting. You can't even staking your reputation on
8: being the man who delivers. Is quite risky for a man who currently isn't. Well, these are very difficult times for the Tories. Um, You know, I mean, to be fair to the guy, we should be looking at at the end of the year, um, and things do have a habit of changing. But um, they're going to have to change quite a lot um, yeah. for Sunak to have anything like um, even a sort of gentle breeze at his back um, heading into election year.
1: Well, there we are. We'll see uh, what we can do to try and enliven next week. Peter, uh, thank you so much for oh, thank um, you. Uh, for lining up, Peter, Peter, if people do want to engage your services, uh, where can they find you? Uh, Socials? Uh, websites?
7: PeterDixon.co.uk or Twitter at
1: PeterDixon. And you're, you're on the cameos? Yes, I am. Well, very you. That's where you can go and get Peter to do to cameos, put, memos, plug I'm dental all, surgeries. I'm, on all of them. I'm,
7: I'm just a <laughs> gun for hire. Yeah, thank
1: you. And that's all we've got time for on the podcast today. Don't forget, you can get the Redbox email in your inbox straight after PMQs every week. Time subscribers go to the times.co.uk forward slash Redbox. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Catch me live Monday to Friday, 10 to 1 on Times Radio. But for now, for me, Matt, Charlie, it's goodbye.